Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Daily Delights podcast. This is your host, Chef Kristen, and I want to say thank you for tuning in, but I want to also head straight into today's podcast topic, and that topic being cooking according to your region, cooking according to what's available to your region. Um, so what most people don't realize is, is that there are some major factors that come into play when you're talking about what's available to you in your region cooking wise. Um, so I'm going to actually give you a list of what those factors are and then I'm going to kind of go into a breakdown as to what that entails. What does it mean for that particular factor and how does that contribute to cooking based on what you have available in your region. So the first factor being agriculture or the land itself. So what I mean by that is I'm talking about how fertile is the soil, um, the farming, what kind of farming do you have going on there? Is it kind of some of everything? Is it more so of um, a certain resource that you all or uh, produce or whatever the case may be that the farmers are uh, contributing to your region or maybe even another region. So if you think about the Midwest, the Midwest is more so known for um, its livestock. So we're talking about, you know, cows, pigs, lamb, chicken, that type of thing. If you think about the West Coast, you're thinking more so about uh, like corn, legumes, certain grains, because um, it's more so the Pacific area. So uh, fish as well, certain fish or seafood. When you talk about the South, you're thinking about uh, things like sugar or fruits, that type of thing. When you're talking about the East Coast, you're thinking about uh, kind of some of everything, to be honest. You're definitely talking about seafood, there's some livestock, there's definitely fruits and vegetables, some uh, grains, some legumes. Um, And mainly that's only due to the fact that on the East Coast, you pretty much get all four seasons. Whereas some of the other regions that are listed, it's more uh, seasonal. Um, Again, like I said, even in the South, there's more berries and whatnot that you can get than in certain areas. Or even on the the East Coast, there are uh, apple orchards or places where you can go berry picking in the summer but again it's usually seasonal because it's only during the summer months whereas though there's certain areas where you can kind of get even if you think about florida yeah it's on the east coast but it's also a southern state it's pretty much warm climate throughout the entire year for florida so what they are able to grow or produce is going to be completely and totally different say um than from washington state or somewhere like vermont or something like or even california Uh, So, agriculture and the land definitely play a part. Uh, Again, talking about the soil. How fertile is the soil? Is it rich soil? Um, Is it more work that has to be put in to actually toil the ground and be able to get whatever um, resource available? Um, Sometimes it's a matter of it's more labor intensive to actually be able to... uh, provide certain resources so in that instance some regions are just like hey this is just not for us this is not something that we want to venture into it's not a good resource that we should supply so they 
decide not to. It's something that they'd rather get imported, which leads me to my next factor. Resources, the resources themselves, are they actually imported or is it a natural resource from that region? Um, so again, like I said, with imported resources, it may be because the soil is not good ground for whatever that said resource is for your specific region. It could be due to the actual fact of the region itself. Um, like, for instance, Hawaii is a good example of that. Most things that Hawaii gets is imported because, one, it's an island. Two, the land is not the most fertile for certain things, um, for certain resources. Um, so a lot of times that's why Hawaii can be and is so expensive because a lot of the things that especially Americans are accustomed to that they feel like they absolutely need or that they want is a must-have, and especially because Hawaii is a very um, tourist area. There's not too many of the actual Aboriginal or local people there in Hawaii. And again, because Americans gotta love us, but we are pretty snobbish to a certain degree. Um, some of us are, not all. When it comes to certain cultures, they just feel like, hey, I don't want to eat what the locals eat. I'm more accustomed to eating this way, whatever the case may be. So now Hawaii decided, guess what? Well, if you want it, we're going to import it in for you. No problem. We'll give you guys what you want, but you're going to pay for it. Um, so that tends to be the case in certain areas. Some places, again, prime example, Kansas. My brother goes to school in Kansas. We're born and raised in Maryland. He loves blue crabs. If he wants crabs, guess what? He's going to have to get them imported. There's no area out there where you can get a blue crab. So if you want them, yeah, they'll, you can get them. They'll send them to you, but you're going to have to pay. There's going to be tariffs. There's going to be taxes. There's going to be shipping, handling, that type of thing. Um, you're going to have to actually pay for the price of crabs and pay for us to bring it in to you. That's fine, but is that something that you're willing to do? Now, luckily for him, it's not that expensive. However, you know, because it's important, you're going to pay for it versus a natural resource um, for him, which would be obviously in Kansas, There's it's more livestock driven. So it's going to be a whole lot cheaper for you to get something that's readily available to you than it would be for you to be able to get something imported. And that's no matter where you are. Uh, for instance, I worked at a place where it's in Maryland, but there, I guess, it's a restaurant, and their clients are more accustomed to not only larger crabs, but here in Maryland, there's only, because of the weather, a certain season where you can get blue crabs. When the hard-shell crabs aren't available, then you can get soft-shell blue crabs. Um, but again, there's not so much of a market for a soft-shell crab as it is for a hard crab. So if you want hard crabs all year round, then you're going to either have to get them reported through either Louisiana or North Carolina. That being said, most people here in Maryland, if they're going to do them all year round, prefer to get them from Louisiana. One, they are the closest um, in flavor to an actual Maryland blue crab. Two, they're larger. Three, the only difference being they're just a tad bit sweeter. So most people choose to bring them in from Louisiana. However, because Louisiana is further away from Maryland, of course, it's going to cost a little more to do so. So there are some other places that sell crabs year-round, and they opt to get their blue crabs in from North Carolina. So, you know, it's a give and take. It's about whatever it is you feel more comfortable with. Also, the next factor being location. Location, location, location. Regardless of whether you believe it or not, location is 
effective that we use in our everyday life, whether it comes down to choosing what job you want to apply for, where you want to send your kids to school, uh, what restaurant you feel like dining in that day, what market is closest to you, whatever the case may be, you're always looking at location. So the same thing, the location of your region is going to play a major role in the resources that you have available to you, whether they be natural or imported, as to how, and, and that's going to be somewhat of, or it's going to play a major role in the determining factor as to how it is you cook when it comes to your region. Do you have more seafood available to you? Do you have more meats available to you? So that's, like I said, geographically, where you're located plays a major role as to what you have available. Um, even, like I said, when it comes to what's being imported. Some things you just can't even get imported to you because it just doesn't make any logical sense for whatever region you're in, that state, that city, whatever, that to bring in or ship in certain things because it may just cost too much based on where you're located and where you geographically sit on the map. Um, the next factor being the demand. You have to give the people what they want, what they need, what they request, whatever the case may be. So going back to... Giving an example of using LA. So, LA, because people tend to have a more healthier diet, they tend to cook or eat based off of a plant based diet. Um, Quinoa is a big craze right now going on in the culinary industry. Um, that's a major reason why. I remember a few years back, there was the Atkins or the South Beach diet. And that was based on how people looked in Florida, South Beach, Florida. You know, they had a certain body type. People wanted to, I guess, they, that was a goal for them, and they wanted to attain that goal. And so some people ate based on that diet and what was available to them. Uh, so versus you might go somewhere else and they're all like hey we want to stock up we want like we're used to and more accustomed to eating um heartier meals and not even heartier as in meats because you can get heartier meals from grains and fruits and vegetables that type of thing um so again it's all about the demand it's all about what your people the people in the region want that's going to play a major factor. Um, if, say you are in, uh, what is the area? Orange County in California. They have a little bit more money to spend, so they don't mind certain areas going and getting a Wagyu steak or a tomahawk or even importing caviar or whatever the case may be. But then you can come to Baltimore. You're not going to see too much caviar floating around Baltimore because that's not a demand that people have. That's not what they want. That's not what their taste buds require or anything else. So it's just not going to really be in the market. Which brings me to my next factor. I already mentioned it is income. You have to look at the overall income or median income for the region that you're in. What can people afford? And I'm not just talking about when you're going into restaurants and you're sitting down and eating. I'm talking about the actual market itself, which also kind of goes hand in hand with gentrification, that type of thing. What's available to you is based on what that income in that area is. You could literally, it's the state of Maryland, look at Montgomery County 
and what's available to you in the same market in Montgomery County may not be available to you in Essex, Maryland. You know, so it's all based on what the actual income is because there is a higher cost of living in uh, Montgomery County and because the average income is higher in Montgomery County than it would be in Essex, there's going to be a whole, there's going to be more resources to choose from. That's not a good or bad thing. It just is what it is. Financially, what can you afford is what it's all about. Um, Bringing us to our next factor being culture. What I mean by culture is the market itself. Um, So, again, using LA as an example, their market right now is saying we want to be healthy. So, that's what their region is going to reflect versus a market that may not care about that and they might have on site in their region more McDonald's or Burger Kings or fast food type of things available. Or it might even be reflected in their market. They might only have one or two aisles for fruit, but then they have a huge market for meats. Or they might have five or six aisles for junk food and then two aisles for their international foods aisle or half an aisle it all depends on what the culture in that market is so again like I, I i've used i think philly as an example philly um i know for a fact miami even new york chicago even is kind of like a melting pot so they have a ton of different cultures there so they're in a, they might have more international food markets in and of itself or even in just the regular market or grocery store their aisle for international foods might be a whole lot bigger than say an aisle for international foods in Hartford County because there just is not that much culture going on here you don't have you know like in Miami you got Cubans you got Haitians you have um Puerto Rican, Dominicans, you have um, people from Jamaica, uh, people from Africa. So it's more of a melting pot. You'll even see that in a reflection of even the fast food places that you can choose from. Versus, again, coming here in Hartford County, there's literally in, I think, Edgewood, there's like one Italian place. Versus Baltimore County, where I'm initially from has way more Italian spots and just Baltimore City has a little Italy in and of itself. There's no little Italy in Harford County. There's nothing close to it in Harford County. So that market is going to make a difference. The people, again, that's kind of what I was going into just now as far as the people. The people themselves and their culture, when you, for example, me, I'm from Maryland certain foods I like, certain foods I don't like. It's certain foods I just grew up eating. Again, blue crab is one of those things. When I go to Florida, there's going to be certain things based on my culture. We cook with a lot of Old Bay here in Maryland. I guarantee you, when I get to Florida, when I'm cooking in my house or for clients or whatever the case may be, I'm going to try to implement Old Bay when I can. Why? Because that's part of my culture. That's what I brought with me. There are people from Alaska who are used to eating whatever, whether it be um, they eat whale. You don't find whale everywhere. So they eat a lot of fermented things. You don't find that everywhere. But I guarantee you if somebody moves from Alaska to say they move to Wyoming, they're going to want to bring certain aspects 
to Wyoming with them, whether it be techniques, spices, the actual food itself, whatever the case may be, those people are going to bring those things with them. Um, also, when it comes to culture, the knowledge and awareness that people have. Again, when I was saying in Hartford County, there's not really a big knowledge of foods from different cultures. There's not a huge awareness of those type of things. So here in their market or in this region of Harford County, there's not going to really be that many choices when it comes to food as far as different spices. I could go to a market in literally White Marsh, which is like right across the Harford County line, and I can go to that market and find a whole bunch more spices. I can find curries. I can find jerks, that type of thing. I can find Asian spices where if I go to a market here in Harford County, I might not be able to find those same things. So in the region of Harford County, I might have to go out and once again, even though I'm going to a different market and bringing it in, that's me importing something from whatever, Baltimore County to Harford County. So now I've had to go out and grab the resource from another area. So the knowledge and awareness that your region has when it pertains to food itself, to different cultures, to people, all those different things, um, those people's culture um, and the food that is associated with that culture is going to play a major role in what food you have available to you and what resources you have available to you when it comes to cooking in that region. Um, So with that being said, I hope you all enjoyed this podcast episode, I hope that it was informative to to you all. Um, I want to say and just give you all a reminder that whoever it is was interested or if you didn't know and are interested, I am going to be teaching courses at the Hartford Community College in their continued education program. I have four different classes um, available. If you go on harford.edu, click on continue education and then go to the cooking category you'll see that um, there are a plethora of classes to choose from. Baking classes, there's a West Indian class. I mean, I'm sorry, not West Indian, Middle Eastern cooking class. Uh, There's a holiday cooking class. Myself, I'm doing um, a mommy and me slash daddy and me course. I'm doing kitchen techniques, which is like a cooking 101. I'm doing a couples class, which, you know, has you and your significant other cooking together. Um... There is a kitchen creations class, which is for the younger ones. Like I said, if you don't know how to cook or if your young one is interested in cooking something that you have no expertise or no familiarity with, then you can send them to that class and they can have a cooking class and be taught by myself and learn different techniques, cook different things. And um, so... The enrollment for that is open and available now. Like I said, you can go to harford.edu. You can click on the continuing education. And then from there, click click on the cooking category. Pick one of the classes that I've listed that I'm teaching. And you can register there. All classes are under $40. Uh, or you can, if you live in Hartford County, go on campus, visit the campus, and go to the Edgewood building. Uh, And then you can just let one of the receptionists know which one of my four classes you are interested in enrolling or which one of the classes, period, you're interested in enrolling in. And they can get you squared away there. Um, Also, as far as it pertains to this 
podcast itself. You can tune in any Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time is when the podcasts are available or new podcasts drop. I'm sorry. Um, you can listen to our new episodes or any of the archive episodes on the actual Anchor app. Or feel free to listen on the web. And the web address for my podcast specifically is anchor a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m like the radio band uh slash chef hyphen kristen that is a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m slash chef hyphen kristen and it's spelled k-h-r-y-s-t-y-n uh once you've taken a listen hopefully you all like what you hear you are willing to subscribe if so just click on the subscription button if you have um apple podcast or you have whatever type of podcast platform available on to you on whatever your device may be whether it be your phone or a tablet or whatever the case may be feel free to subscribe and every time i drop a new episode it will show up under my podcast and your subscription also feel free to share this episode as well as any other episode that you might find interesting or that you might think that one of your friends or family members might find interesting you can share this episode or any of the other archived episodes with family friends whomever facebook linkedin all the above um also if you are interested in keeping up with me on social media i am available on linkedin under my name which is kristen k-h-r-y-s-t-y-n pierce p-e-a-r-c-e or feel free to follow me on instagram and the daily delights uh company page is at our daily delights that is at O-U-R-D-A-I-L-Y-D-E-L-I-G-H-T-S. Um, if you want to follow me personally, my page on Instagram is at Chef Kristen. That is at C-H-E-F-K-H-R-Y-S-T-Y-N. Thank you all for tuning in. You all have a great week, and hopefully you'll tune in next Tuesday. Have a great and blessed week.